Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. The Super Bowl show presented by Northwest Tank Lines to deliver and sponsored in part by the Pioneers Pub Richmond, OK Tire Langley and the Rivers Reach Liquor Store. Now from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. Welcome to Episode 4 of the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl show coming to you from Los Angeles. Of course, we're at Radio Row. At the Los Angeles Convention Center, it's the Moj, Bob Marjanovich, as we get things set up for the big one. This Sunday, Super Bowl 56, Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. In this episode, man, do we have some stuff lined up for you. Let's start off at the back end. We will talk about an upcoming production called I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce. It stars Tony Award-winning actor Joe Montagna and actor-playwright-producer Ronnie Marmel. They stopped by our broadcast location to talk about that project. Of course, looking forward to talking to them. Hall of Famer Warren Moon, yes, the former Eskimo great, the former Houston Oilers, Seattle Seahawks, and Minnesota Viking, among others, is going to pay us a visit. We'll talk to him about Super Bowl 56. We'll talk to him about the quarterbacks in this game. NFL insider Mike Silver with Bally Sports. And during the course of our interview with Mike Silver, we had a special drop-in appearance by former NFL wide receiver Brandon Marshall. That is a must-listen. It was a lot of fun having Brandon pop in and have some fun with Mike Silver. But coming up next, four-time NBA champ John Sally. We haven't spoke to our cigar-loving friend in a long time. Look forward to reuniting with John Sally and talk to him about, well, what he's been up to and, of course, his love for the city of Vancouver. This is the Super Bowl Show presented by Northwest Tank Lines. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. The biggest game in football is this Sunday. And the two best places to catch the action are Pioneers Pub and Ladner Landing. The crew at Pioneers Pub in Richmond are ready to welcome you with the coldest, freshest, cheapest beer in town. Plus food features and football pricing all day long. Meanwhile, at Ladner Landing, you'll be greeted by the best selection of cold craft beer and plenty of big game pricing and activities. Football Sunday. Catch the game at Pioneers Pub at number three in Williams in Richmond or the Landing Pub and Liquor Store in Ladner. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines, and sponsored in part by the Pioneers Pub Richmond, OK Tire Langley, and the Rivers Reach Liquor Store. Now, 
Here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in L.A., Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show from the Convention Center in Los Angeles. Of course, Radio Row located here. And also this Sunday, the big game, Super Bowl 56, featuring the Cincinnati Bengals and the hometown Los Angeles Rams. Our next guest is an old friend. We haven't seen him for a while. He's a four-time NBA champion, the one and only John Sally. John, (laughs) great to have you on board, my man. I love you, man. I'm so happy to be back on my favorite you know, I wanted to move to Vancouver. Did mm-hmm. we ever have this conversation? I don't think we did. Yeah, I was going to move to Vancouver. I did four movies there. Um, I have about six kids now there. Uh, <laughs> six kids, seven baby mamas. Uh, <laughs> you got no, quite the roster. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Kind of, sort of. Uh, uh, my first swinger uh, convention had been in Vancouver. <laughs> We got salary. We got Kemp going on right now. I'm just joking. Okay. Um, I do. I did love Vancouver, though. And I did. I shot my first, my second or third movie up there. Um, And then I did uh, Rally for Sick Kids with Cancer up in the the joint. But it's one of my favorite places. Washington family with that. Yeah. My boy Chaos, uh, the rapper slash performer, entertainer, singer. He's still up in Vancouver. Right before the pandemic, I was coming up to go in the studio with my recording artist. And, you know, Canada said, no Americans. And uh, <laughs> so I called my guy from the Harley Davidson uh, group and I said, hey, man, no. And so I got a ticket to Vancouver and I got an Airbnb, but I haven't been back to my favorite city yet. Well, we'll welcome you with open arms when you do come yes. up. Always fun having you in Vancouver. Always fun chatting with you. Um, you know, you were just talking about this off air, and that is the fact that you've kind of reinvented yourself. Yes. And we're going to be here talking about Alkaline 88, America's number one pH water. We'll talk about that, but that's kind of, I guess, part of that big picture. Yeah. You were saying, like, sports, you've kind of detached yourself I did. from sports. Because it, it doesn't serve me any longer like it used to. What I mean by that is um, I never was a watcher of sports. I was, I'm, a, I'm an entertainer, and I would perform so watching other people do it i never really was good at it and i can't watch it and talk at the same time so guys who can do play by play great like chris weber used to, i don't know how you do that because i would curse you out you know i rather see what i see write down some notes remember not to curse when the camera comes on and say what i think about halftime but it just didn't serve me the same way i didn't get the joy out of it that i did so i went into acting um, so I got a new movie coming out that I shot in Vancouver. I shot in uh, Toronto. See, I even say it properly. Mm-hmm. I shot in Toronto um, two years ago now, um, I would say, yeah. So we come out in May called Sneakerella, and I'm on VH1 called Couples Retreat where I help celebrity couples uh, get along with their wives or partners. I've been married 30 years, 31, uh, 28 years. Um, my wife has been great at it. Uh, <laughs> I suck. But, <laughs> and that's, but, the, that's the mess with all of us. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I, I had some ideas. But then I would always try and see not to stay old, not to be where. So I w- I'm in the food business, uh, vegan food. And I got a vegan restaurant, you know, about 90 minutes away. I got with Myers Cookies out of San Diego, uh, which is a great vegan product. I helped bring vegan cheese in. Pizza Pizza in Canada. I literally got them their vegan cheese. Uh, I was pushing this narrative, and then 
I just started paying attention to money. And so I got into crypto. And I got into crypto at the right time, not to be an expert, but to talk to the expert, to explain it to everybody else, since this is going to be the future. Crypto, you're wearing the, the hoodie right now. Yeah, it's my, it's my own show. John Sally Crypto Show. John Sally Crypto Show, johnsallycrypto.com. You can... We launched the launch page. It's going to be one of the first NFTs ever. My show is an NFT. And people go, what does that mean? In order to watch my show, you have to buy the NFT. Do you know what's interesting about crypto? I haven't gotten into it, obviously, a little late. But it really intrigues me. And I've spent, like, I've kind of made a commitment to spend half hour, hour a day trying to learn about crypto. And just trying to That's learn what I the do. nuances of it, right? Yeah. And try to educate yourself. Because if you know what you're doing, there's money to be had, right? Yeah, there's... I, I know some people who aren't smart enough to flush the toilet. Um, <laughs> so I, and they're making money. Yeah. So um, I'm just telling people, it's not, I'm not telling you to rush in to do it. I just think that the game of centralized banking is done. Yeah. It's not, it's not, I think it's done. And people better understand world, like, you know, they talk about Forex, foreign exchange. And people really weren't paying, <laughs> knowing what that was. You need to pay attention to this crypto world. These young cats are particular about how they're spending their money, where they're spending their money, what value, what utilities come with it, what the company behind it is doing. It's more than just saying, hey, here I go. I'm in the vegan food business, and the first thing, if I say I got a product, they want to know, is the packaging biodegradable? Uh, did you hire enough homeless people? Did you, did you kiss your mother mm -hmm. when you were in sixth grade? I mean, it's so much stuff. That has to be done. So it's the same thing with crypto. Utilities always win. John Sally is our guest, four-time NBA champion. Tell us about Alkaline 88, America's number one pH water. Well, this is the deal. So I, I started veganism in 1991. And I one of the things I've always trained or tell people about is drinking water. It can't just be out of water. Water is, can't just be dead water. The cool thing about it is it's purified water. I was drinking it anyway, and then I found out that Shaquille owns it. And I was like, I can't get away from this guy. And they go, hey, do you want to help? And I was like, yeah, because I know he's not going to be able to walk around here to promote how great yeah. this water is. And he sponsored the Snoop Dogg uh, League with the Wounded Warriors, mm -hmm. going against the um, retired NBA, NFL alumnus, which is true. They won. Again, uh, we got a record going. And I just saw one of the guys, uh, what was that guy? Mike Smith. Mike Smith is, has his right arm uh, amputated, uh, and he's a wide receiver. So he's been catching the ball oh, with man. his left hand way before Odell Beckham. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, just seeing these guys with good spirit helping along and the fact that Alkaline 88, to make it happen, sponsored the entire game. I'll tell you what, you talk about rehydrating and how important it is. People say, how do you survive Radio Row with all the parties every night? Yeah. My trick, just rehydrate. Drink as much water as you can, and you're ready to go that night. Just flush all that crap out of your system with the water, and then you're, you're fine for the next night. Yeah. Yeah, you have to yeah. hydrate. Now, a lot of people are going to get here and they're going to party, not sleep. Don't do that. Get your sleep when you need to get it. Hydrate yourself. We haven't uh, we haven't talked to you in quite a while. I mean, I used to be on the best damn sports show. Yes, Our buddy yes. Justin would always hook us up at the Super Bowl with you. I got to ask you about the whole Netflix thing with Michael Jordan, yep. the Last Dance. I, I, just I, just your take on it. I mean, being I, a I guy who was close to it. Yeah, I was on it, and it was funny I, when I did it. 
you know, they told me we couldn't talk about it. I, and I remember saying, when I get in the car, I'm going to smoke a bowl, and I'm f forget I even met you. <laughs> and I had. I was watching The Last Dance and forgot this is what I did the interview for. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was amazing, and I tell people, if I knew that we bothered MJ that much and Scotty, they would have never won a championship. If we would have known in 1991 that they were, they were, you know, the way they thought about each other, we would have beat them. Because, you know, we, we were depleted as a team by the time 1991 came around. But, boy, if we would have known that those guys didn't like one another and that Michael was too hard on them, Michael, I mean, Michael was perfect as a Piston. Michael Jordan would have never had to tell anybody in the Piston uniform that you have to dedicate more. Never. That we were already, everybody was already there. A lot of people talk about the fact that Jordan had so much control over that documentary. Is it an accurate representation, you believe? He had no control. He, Michael Jordan knew nothing. The way, reason I know he didn't have any control on how that went is because on one of the scenes he was a little bit tipsy. And if I was in charge, you would have never seen that. You would have never seen me tipsy. Uh, you can tell he was relaxing, his mm -hmm. eyes were watering up, and they go, oh, that's great TV. You, wouldn't have, you would have never seen that. And it, I guess it showed him being human, but he's not human. He's Michael Jordan. To want to see him to be human is ridiculous. He's not. Yeah. You know, so I think it was great. Um, I, I, maybe Scotty didn't like it, but, and maybe, but Michael never got to say his side. Michael has to be Michael all the time. These guys get to go and be whatever and walk and do whatever. Michael has been a prisoner of his greatness his whole, entire career. Yeah, and they showed that in the documentary, yeah. just like, you know, on the road, just basically in his hotel room if he goes out yeah. getting mobbed by I people. I took him out. Yeah, I bet you took True him story. out. True story. Yeah? February, we're, we're in, we're in um, it's springtime. We're in Philadelphia, and he gone, and we spent it two days for some unknown reason. And I go, hey, I want you to come to this guy. Sal, I can't go to a nightclub. I go, you can come. It's dope. I got it set up. I need you to come. Sal, I can't walk in a nightclub. I go, dog, you're not as big as you think you are. <laughs> like, relax yeah, Michael yourself. Jordan, right? You, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm talking like that. My craziness. And I get him in the nightclub. We get him in the back way. He's like, yo, this is dope. Like, oh, I, I haven't been to a nightclub and whatever. The owner sees him and goes, Michael Jordan, turn the lights up. And they turned the lights up. And he was looking at me. He goes, yeah, we smoke. He said, well, forget that. Light up the cigar. We start smoking cigars. He the loves his sticks. The guy yeah. didn't say a word. Yeah. Michael kept saying, thanks, Al. Thanks, Al. Yeah. That's yeah. the most I got about it. You love your sticks. And by the way, I know Hoyo to Monterey, that. double Corona. I didn't have any. They ran out. But you got Why yourself you a nice money, too. Buy him. <clears throat> no, no. You, you know who else likes those sticks? Who? The same ones that you do? Who? Montana. Really? Joe has the same, those Hoyle Monterey double Kronos, those are his favorites as well. Yeah, so Steve Harvey went and pulled it out one day, and I was like, oh, my God, we might have one thing in common. <laughs> hey, John, it's been great talking Thanks to you. We know you got to run. We will see you soon, yes. and we'll keep in touch. All right, man. Easy. Great catching up with NBA champion, four-time NBA champion, John Sally. Nice to find out what he's been up to and, of course, talking about his experiences in our great city of Vancouver. Okay, you got the big game on Sunday. You got to stock up, right? Well, I'm going to give you three plays, three big plays. First off, if you want to stock up in New West, check out Rivers Reach Liquor Store on Sixth Street in Blackford. That, of course, my hometown. George Petro Pavlis and his crew are going to look after you there. Now, if you're in Port Moody, head over to the Village. Check out the Newport Liquor Store, and if you are in Coquitlam, check out Johnston Street Liquor Store. 
all three with great selection, great prices, and great service. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Hey, it's the Moj, and if you're looking to stock up for the big game, well, we will tell you three great plays. If you're in New Westminster, check out the Rivers Reach Liquor Store on 6th Street. In Port Moody, visit the Newport Liquor Store, and in Coquitlam, stop by the Johnston Street Liquor Store. Three stores with a lot in common. A great selection of wine, beer, and spirits, great service, and great prices. So huddle up at the Rivers Reach, Johnston Street, and Newport Liquor Stores to score big. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines and sponsored in part by The Landing Pub and Grill in Ladner, OK Tire Langley, and the Rivers Reach Liquor Store. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in L.A., Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show coming to you from Radio Row at the, at the Los Angeles Convention Center, of course, Super Bowl 56 featuring the Cincinnati Bengals and the hometown Los Angeles Rams. Our next guest, our good friend, Michael Silver from Bally Sports, one of the top NFL insiders in the house. Great to have you on board. Come on, man. Pick it up. I know it's... Much, I am going to be performance ready when the actual speaking starts. We're not on video, so if I happen to be reclining with my eyes popping back in my head visually, it doesn't reflect what's going on inside. And inside, I am feeling the excitement. How busy is this week for you? I mean, talking to all the people around here, networking. I mean, I just saw you talking to Kayvon Thibodeau, the, the top draft pick out of Oregon. So for you, it's a busy time just planting seeds, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's the convention of pro football, so there's that, right? And that goes into the night, and that's awesome. Uh, I do have a lot of work going on. I've uh, been writing for Bally, have a story out on Brandon Staley, the Chargers coach today, had to talked to Jared Goff at his house on Sunday. That ran on Monday, got more to come, and then doing a bunch of video also for Bally. And then I had a deal announced yesterday, uh, just my uh, longtime uh, colleague and friend John Marvel and I formed a little media company called Backstage Media. We just did a deal with Meadowlark, and we are super pumped about that and the projects that are going to arise from that. How do people get more information about it? I mean, I think if you go to my social media, if I haven't blocked you, uh, at Mike Silver on Twitter, <laughs> I'll be self-promoting. But, you know, the Metal Arc is a great company. John Skipper, who used to be the ESPN president, yeah. is running it. Um, they have deals with, uh, with Netflix and Apple and other distributors. So we're hoping that some of these projects uh, get out into uh, major rotation pretty soon. Super Bowl 56, in your mind, what are some of the big stories of the week? Well, you know, I mean, Joe Burrow is quietly kind of, uh, you know, taking over the NFL. And, uh, you know, I keep thinking, well, the Bengals are a nice little curiosity, but it's going to end and they'll have bigger and better things. And they keep winning. And, you know, I, I certainly thought, well, now they're playing the Chiefs. I know they beat them in the regular season, but these are the real Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. They're going to roll these guys. And it was 21-3, and I thought I was kind of right. And then next thing I knew, Joe Burrow was doing it again. So I know... 
on paper to me, the Rams look like the stronger team, especially you look at their great defensive front against the Bengals' seemingly overmatched offensive line. But something about Joe Burrow and the, the way that team plays loose, I really think they could do it again. You know, to me, that's the biggest story in this game is that Rams front versus the Cincinnati offensive line. So how do they go about that? Do they run Mixon, right? I mean, do they get the ball out of Burrow's hands quickly? They've got to do something to try to negate that pass rush. Otherwise, it could be a long day. And you know, the other thing, too, Mike, everybody you talk to around here says the Bengals need a turnover or two if they're going to win this football game. Well, they may get one. Uh, you know, Matthew Stafford has been known to get a little reckless with the ball. He had an interception that should have been intercepted, dropped uh, by the Niners in the fourth quarter. That could have uh, impacted the NFC Championship game. But, uh, yeah, listen, um, you know, I don't want to overthink this because last year I probably did. And in retrospect, I should have said last year, Chiefs offensive line is injury ravaged and the Bucks have an incredible front. Uh, and that turned out to be the story of the game. That said, um, yeah, they, I think Joe Burrow's going to need to get rid of the ball quickly. But Joe Burrow's DNA is a little different. And it's interesting, last year in 2020, I talked to him after one of his earlier games, and uh, I talked about a hit that he had taken, uh, a really, really hard hit. I think it was from Malik Jackson in a game, and he just got blasted, and uh, he, he got up from it, but it looked pretty severe. And he said, you know what? That's just part of my game. I'm always going to, you know, kind of like Roethlisberger, like I'm going to hold the ball a little longer and uh, wait for some big plays, and I'm, I'm always going to have to deal with that. And I, I remember thinking – I don't know if you want to be doing that. And then, you know, tore the ACL, not on a play like that. But he doesn't seem to have altered his game even back from the ACL. And I think there are going to be some sack opportunities because of that. You know, you talk about a quarterback who gets sacked nine times in a game yeah. and still leads his team to a victory. I mean, you've been around for so many years. I mean, you've seen guys that they take that hit. And, you know, all of a sudden they might get the happy feet. They might get that ball out of there a lot quicker. That doesn't seem like, you know, those quarterback sacks don't seem to impact Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, I think if he gets sacked nine times in this game, the odds of them winning are not great, yeah. you know. <laughs> and they were able to beat the Titans. And, you know, I, since he does have a good defense, I mean, a lot of things could happen. I, I just – I see two scenarios in this game. Scenario one is – we are overthinking it. That Rams front is going to swallow up that line and dominate the game and win kind of handily. Scenario two, I think, is a much closer, uh, wilder, more competitive game. And in that scenario, I like the Bengals. All right, let's talk a little bit about the NFL, some of the storylines heading into the offseason. The Brian Flores lawsuit is a big one. It's been – I love your tweet, or it was an Instagram post on social media. Really, I think a few buttholes will be puckered up at the NFL Network on yeah. this one and how they cover this. It was a tweet. I think I put it on Instagram too. But, yeah, you know, I worked for NFL Network for – Eight years and then, you know, up until this last summer and uh, had a great experience there and, you know, largely stuck to my principles and opinions and certainly my journalism. And, you know, even though I'm not your classic uh, league employee, but now that I've gone, I certainly feel free to talk about what it's really like in some contexts. And in that context, I've been there, you know, during the Ray Rice uh, you know, crazy drama, and I'm hugging one of my favorite dudes. And you just lost your coffee. Brandon Marshall you and spilling coffee. <laughs> Brandon Marshall, one of the great dudes. Uh, just happy to see him. 
And I'm uh, sorry about this. He's going to grab a headset right oh now because he's going to join us. So, Brandon well, Marshall. Life just got Can you better. hear me? We got, like, what, two minutes? He got two minutes. Yeah, well, I got, yeah. Well, yeah. you use him or lose him. See, so. I, you said you came and asked me. I said no to you. But when I see this guy oh, right here, Silver. Legend. It's like the legend. You got to stop He's the by. best because there's, there's not too many. Um, I mean, it's hard what he does. And he does it in a way that's respectable and, and, and people really enjoy working with him and talking to him. So And I admire him for so many reasons that he has, you know, come a long, long way and done great things off the field in terms right. of raising yeah. awareness for mental health. But I'll tell you this. One of our first interviews, you were at the Bears, and it always fascinated me because I was at the game early on in the Josh McDaniels era in Denver <laughs> where you guys won and he made this big show of hugging you after you'd been through some stuff. Right. And you played along. And I remember asking you on the record, like, hey, in that moment, was that real or was were you just kind of doing it for show? And you admitted it. You were like, ah, I was putting on a show for you. <laughs> hey, you, you remember that? It was such a good – well, because I, I was fascinated. And, and, you know, I've done this a long time. And the athletes who really trust me – and open up, I will always be, you know, right. I will One of their guys. be grateful to. <laughs> I hey. can't believe I said that on air. Yeah, well, yeah it, it was for show. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was, it was written. Right, hey, right. We were talking about Brian Flores right as you showed up. Mm-hmm. We're getting into that conversation. This thing blows me it away. Starts with ownership. Well, here's the thing. I'm, you know, Canadian, yeah. Canada, CFL. There was a couple of years ago where there was an African American. I think I met him in Flores when he was hired in Miami, and right. it was such a big deal. Right. In that same week in the Canadian Football League, there were three African-American coaches hired right, right. in an in a right. eight-team league. Right. Right? And I'm That's like, right. how does this, like, happen down here? And, and 16, billion, $16 billion business. Yeah. Okay? Uh, athletes now. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, you know, just signed up pretty much a $500 million deal. Okay? And so it's big business. Okay? So I'm an owner, and I'm saying I'm going to give my the keys to my franchise to this person. Mm-hmm. This is this is bigger than business. It's re, it's a it's pers it's it's personal it's relationships. Yeah, and it's your you ego. tend and you tend to work with people that you are comfortable with that you're familiar with. Yeah, you know, and the, and the reality is is these owners they you can't you can't be you can't impact the community if you don't if you're not in a community you don't know the community. So that community is seventy percent of your league and your team is made up of black players, right? And, but you can't really relate to that black player. You can't. So Deion Sanders is a prime example. Example: Deion Sanders at Jackson State. He wears his hat backwards. He talks different than most coaches. Yep. You know, he dresses different than most coaches. The music that he plays is different than most pers- most coaches. It might even be Deion's song with MC Hammer from back in the right. day. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, so, so I say that because is that the guy you want to give your keys to the front, the keys of the franchise to? Right? Because that's not what you're used to. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we got to get over it. And it starts with ownership. Uh, so there needs to be a lot of change there. And we just need uh, we need black ownership, man. There, yeah. there, that's, and, and that's, and that's when we're really going to see change. America, familiarity. Like, well, you're married. Are you married? I was. You was. Yeah. White or black lady? White. White lady. You're married. White lady. White lady. My, I'm black. My, my, my wife is black, right? Because we're familiar with that. And so that's that's the problem in the NFL. That's what Although we start I will, with. I will We're say, comfortable with that. I will say in my next life, if I was lucky enough to be able to hang with a strong black woman, I wouldn't be you, you, <laughs> that's why I, I grew you. up with integrated schools in Los <laughs> right, Angeles. Right, right. Then I lived in Oakland. Well, now, yeah, I, right. I, I also want to – I agree with all that, and I would also – I wonder this because you – Right. 
are the, will the players at some point just go, enough is enough? Because it's not just, oh, the number of black coaches. It's the standards are not the same That's in right. so many ways as applied. You know, this guy worked his way as a coordinator. Yeah. He got the job. This guy worked his way. Oh, he didn't get it. So at some point, could the players, would the players ever say, we are not going to have it. And, yes. we're, and we're not showing up for work until you fix it. Yes, yes. Uh, you saw that last year. That was big for, you know, the Odell Beckham Juniors of the world. Um, and the Patrick Mahomes of the world, I believe he was in that. There was probably, what, 15, 20 mm -hmm. guys that said, what if what if it was me? What if it was me? And so yeah. um, that was big because we're so afraid of being disruptive and, and stepping outside the box. And so, yeah, I envision a world, you know, where you see athletes, football players do that. You saw it in the NBA. You know, yeah, the NBA, they, they, they know their power. They the, know it. The, and buck, that, the Bucks said we're not playing. That's right. That, that day, and, and you'll see that. You'll see that in the NFL. Yeah. If 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 we don't get it right, we should get it right. We need to get it right. Gentlemen, I know you both got to run. Michael, you got an interview to do. Brandon, thanks so much for stopping by. Love we got to get more of this guy on here. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's awesome. <laughs> All right. Guys, thanks so much. All right. Mike Silver, one of the top NFL insiders from Valley Sports, and a special guest drop-in from NFL wide receiver extraordinaire in his day, Brandon Marshall. You know he holds the NFL record for most catches in a game? 21 catches! I think if you had him playing fantasy football that weekend, you probably won your game. All right. Um, usually I talk about our sponsors in this instance, our presenting sponsors lined up, Northwest Tank Lines, but Tommy Blaney and his company are doing well. They go, Moach, give some love to the big brothers of Greater Vancouver, and why not? Um, all I know, every time I talk to people that are involved with this program, it's just a win-win for everyone. It's a win for the kids that are involved because of the fact that they have a mentor, they have somebody that can help them through things, guide them, provide some assistance, and when they get that help, all of a sudden their grades are better. They're better in, in terms uh, of social situations, all of it. Everybody wins, and of course, if you're a mentor, you get the satisfaction of knowing that you have helped somebody out. Check it out online, Big Brothers of Greater Vancouver. The biggest game in football is this Sunday. And the two best places to catch the action are Pioneers Pub and Ladner Landing. The crew at Pioneers Pub in Richmond are ready to welcome you with the coldest, freshest, cheapest beer in town. Plus, food features and football pricing all day long. Meanwhile, at Ladner Landing, you'll be greeted by the best selection of cold craft beer and plenty of big game pricing and activities. Football Sunday. Catch the game at Pioneers Pub at number three in Williams in Richmond or the Landing Pub and Liquor Store in Ladner. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines and sponsored in part by the Pioneers Pub Richmond, OK Tire Langley, and the Rivers Reach Liquor Store. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in L.A., Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show coming to you from Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Of course, L.A. hosting Super Bowl 56 featuring the Rams of Los Angeles versus the Bengals of Cincinnati. 
And our next guest knows a thing or two about championships because he won a whole slew of them in the Canadian Football League. He is the Hall of Famer, both south and north of the border, Warren Moon. Warren, welcome. Mojo, welcome, man. I haven't seen you in a while. COVID's kind of kept us away from each other, but we're back, right? Hey, you know what? Just to, just to make you happy, we've doubled up your cigar intake there. And <laughs> being our 25th guest at Radio Row, you're the Inniskill and Ice Wine guest nice. of the day. Nice, I like Harvested that. over the winter during typically short windows of opportunity in the Okanagan. From grapes naturally frozen on the vine at minus 8 Celsius, this rich and concentrated <laughs> wine is internationally recognized and highly sought around the world. Inniskill and Ice wine, gonna, I, I love it. Gonna, I love it. I, <laughs> I still have some in my in my um, my wine refrigerator at home. Uh, not much though, because yeah. uh, you've given me a lot over the years. Yeah. I try and preserve it and drink it only at those special times. But uh, I'll take whatever you got hey, to give we, me. We will ship some down <laughs> for you. By the way, they're not even a sponsor. Who knows? They might be after this. So. Um, <laughs> Let's get to it. Let's, there's so much football to talk about. I mean, we can talk about the Seahawks. We've got to talk about the quarterbacks. We'll talk about the Super Bowl. I want to start off with a, a, a local story in Vancouver. Michael O'Connor, a guy that you worked with uh, yeah. when he was at the University of British Columbia of Toronto Argonauts last year, signs with the BC Lions. they got a young quarterback in Nathan Rourke who backed up Michael Riley last year. Riley retires. Two Canadian quarterbacks for the BC Lions. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, when you can put quarterbacks of that quality, um, they're Canadians at the quarterback position, that just frees up two Americans at some other positions that you uh, probably thought you were going to use Americans on. So I think if it works out well for them, um, that just strengthens the rest of their football team by using those Americans somewhere else. And Michael's a really good player, and I think his best years are ahead of him. And um, he's back you know, where he he's in his old stomping grounds again mm-hmm. in uh, in Vancouver. I think he's going to do a good job there. Yeah, Lions fans are excited with free agency yesterday. They felt like a lot of fans uh, that I've talked to, people in the media, feel like the Lions were one of the big winners in free agency yesterday with some of the pickups they had. Do you still keep tabs on the CFL or do you, do you, from afar? Or? I keep tabs from afar. Yeah. Um, and uh, I keep tabs with the Edmonton Eskimos, of course, but with now the Edmonton Elks. Elks, yeah. Can't use that word anymore, Eskimos. Um, but I know they have new coaching change. I know they have a new general manager. I know they have a new president. So they've kind of really uh, cleaned house there and starting all over from scratch. And, and I hope they uh, get back to their prominence because they're a very proud organization that has had a lot of success. And hopefully this new uh, leadership will get them to that stage. But... Yeah, I do keep up with what's going on in Canada because that that was a special place for me in my career. And I've seen that that league uh, launch other people's careers coming back to the United States. I've also seen guys stay up there for long periods of time like, you know, a Damon Allen or somebody like that and really have a great Canadian experience. So there's a lot of good things about Canada. You know, the one thing about the CFL, too, that, you know, we always talk about the players, but I really believe that the CFL is almost like a Petri dish for the National Football League with some of the stuff that you see in the CFL. And all of a sudden, you know what? The jet sweep's really popular yeah, in yeah. the U.S. All of a sudden, hey, you know what? The RPO's really popular in the U.S. game. Well, I've always said that I love the uh, the Canadian rules a little bit more than the NFL rules because the game moves so much faster. There's so many more ways to score. Um, the field, of course, has a little bit to do with that, the width of it, but um, – there's no question that the NFL could use some more of the rules that are, are up in Canada or t- to make their game a little bit faster and a little bit more exciting down in the United States. And and uh, I think like you just talked about, the jet sweep, slowly but surely they always in, in include different things that they've seen probably up in Canada for the first time. 
Warren Moon, the Hall of Famer, is our guest. Um, Warren, the Seahawks, of course, a team that you're close to. I mean, called the games or probably did the color on the games for many years. What do you think happens with the Seahawks? There's all this talk about Russell Wilson. Is he staying? Is he is he going? I mean, Pete Carroll, is he going to be there? I mean, what's your gut feeling on how this all works out? I think Russell's going to be right there, and I think Pete's going to be right there. I just don't think that uh, there's a lot of places where Russell can go and the Seahawks would get back in return what what they would lose. And you just don't give up a quarterback who has two years left on his contract unless you think you're going to get something of equal value or better. And I don't think they're going to find that out there in the quarterback position. So um, I think Russell wants some improvements on the football team, but I think the Seahawks want some improvements on the team as well. The bottom line is can they both figure out what those those improvements are together and then get those things done through either free agency or get it done through the draft or both. Um, They have not drafted as well, I've thought, the last few years. At least some of those guys that they felt like they were going to develop haven't really turned out. So um, it's imperative that they have another strong draft, and they're going to have to have a good offseason of of free agent signings, and those guys are going to have to be impactful. They they just can't be guys. They've got to be impactful guys. What's the biggest area of concern? I want to see them get a pass rusher, an edge rusher, somebody that can really put pressure on the quarterback all the time that you always are worried about, that you have to worry about blocking him, how you're going to block him, and then that frees up other guys to make plays. And then I think they need a really good corner uh, in the back end. Who He doesn't have to be a shutdown corner, but he's got to be somebody that people just can't throw the football freely over there too. Um, because when you play the type of defense they play, you've got to have good corners, and they've always had that with Richard Sherman and whoever has been on the other side um, to play that defense. Um, so those are two positions on the offensive. I mean, on the defensive side, and then offensively, I think they need a couple of pieces on the offensive line just to give Russell a little bit more pressure up front. I mean, protection up front, and also I think uh, with with. Um, with Penny coming through in the last four or five games mm-hmm. of the season, maybe they found their everyday runner, and that's something they they missed early in the season with Chris Carson being out. They didn't have that one stable guy that could run the football and, and keep the defense honest. You saw what he was able to do the last half of the or the last four games of the season, and their offense was a lot better because of that. Okay, you talked about the pass rush, and I know quarterbacks are students of the game. They know every position, what's going on. Usually, the technique involved in those positions. Burnsy and I, Chris Burns, who's not here, but, you know, Burnsy, regular with right. us. We always talk about this, and Linky goes, watch this. And I do, and being a D-line guy and having coached and played it at the university level, I'm like, you're bang on. And, and here's what we see. When the Seahawks have their edge rushers attack the offensive tackle, they always attack the entire frame. Most teams will have the edge rusher attack half the frame, and obviously try to beat the guy, get outside, put pressure on the quarterback. It seems like, well, under Ken Norton Jr. at least, their whole modus operandi was to attack the frame and collapse the pocket rather than trying to attack the half the frame and get around it. Did you see the same thing, or are we kind of hallucinating? No, I'm, I'm sure you guys saw that. I didn't look at it that closely. All I see is the final result. Yeah. I, I want to see, is that quarterback feeling uncomfortable in the pocket and I just didn't see quarterbacks uncomfortable enough they don't have to get a bunch of sacks but they got to make that quarterback uncomfortable and make him want to get rid of the football before he wants to get rid of it that's how that zone defense is going to be effective is make him get it out of his hands quickly rally and make the tackle Um, and that's what they used to do but now if a quarterback can sit back there and, and and pick where he wants to go with the football they can only cover so much ground back there in that zone coverage and they're going to find holes in it so 
the pressure on the quarterback is going to be key for this defense to continue to be uh, effective. Russell Wilson, um, you went through it as an NFL quarterback. I think all athletes do. And I think Russell might be going through this now where for so many years you can do things physically. And then all of a sudden you realize that, hey, you know what, I can't do that anymore. And now I've got to adjust and adjust my game. Do you think Russell's going through that stage right now? A little bit of it, yeah. He, I mean, he still is able to make some plays uh, with with some of his Houdini-type moves that he used to make early in his season in his career, but he doesn't do it as often. Mm-hmm. So that's showing you that he's starting to lose a little bit of that quickness and elusiveness that, that he had early. Uh, and that's going to always happen over a period of time. And he does have to change his game, but the way you change your game is to become more of a pocket passer. And it's hard for him to be just a pocket passer because of his height. He's not going to consistently be able to do that from the pocket because he'll have problems seeing at times. He'll have problems, you know, just throwing over different guys where you, you take a guy like a Tom Brady or or somebody like that that's, that's six foot four. He might not have to have all the uh, the athletic ability, but he can see over people and dump the football off to, you know, to his outlets where Russell can't always do that sometimes. So. That's going to always be a problem for him. It's been a problem for him even when he was in his best days mm-hmm. uh, being able to see, but he's always been able to move around and find lanes where he could throw the football or outside the pocket. As he gets older and, and he's not able to move as well, he's going to have a harder time finding those lanes, and it's going to be tougher. Warren Moon is our guest as we talk football here at the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl show. The Super Bowl itself, you as an NFL quarterback never made it there, of course, but you did have all those great cup championships in you know, over the course of the year, we had the opportunity to talk to Jeff Garcia and talk to Doug Flutie. And, man, when you talk to those guys about that Great Cup championship, the, the, how they speak so eloquently about it and the passion and the pride that they have by winning that Great Cup championship. They never won, you know, a Super Bowl, but they, they won that. Does it make that? sting go away of not winning a Super Bowl knowing that, hey, you know what? I did win a championship at that level. Um, I don't know if it makes the sting go away, but that's something that you always set your mind out every year that you play a team sport is to win a championship. No matter what level you're at, no matter what team sport it is, that's what you ultimately want to do. And that's what I wanted to do every year I was in the NFL. That's what I wanted to do every year I was in the CFL. Every year I was in college. Mm-hmm. Every year I was in high school. Every year I was in, in Pop Warner football. Um, I was able to win a lot of championships at all those levels. So I wasn't able to win one in this league. And that's something that um, will not haunt me, but it's something that I, I set a goal to do and didn't achieve that goal. But I accomplished a whole lot of goals that I hadn't set for myself or I did set for myself so um of course i would have loved to have won one of those and uh jeff and those guys are the same but you know winning those championships in canada and then winning five of them makes it even more special because nobody's ever done yeah. that and to say that you've done something nobody has ever done that's pretty special pretty and you cool. don't even realize that until you until you're away from the game that you went through this period of time, and especially when I was a young man, you know, 21 through 26 years old, winning a championship every year. That is something that is huge and uh, something that I'll always be a part of and it's something that will always be a special part of my life. It's funny you mentioned the University of Washington, and for whatever reason, I'm, Spider Gaines popped into my head, <laughs> a wide receiver. I don't know if you ever heard that. You know Spider Gaines tried out for the Lions? Yeah, I, I knew that. Yeah, he, he like, told me. Yeah, and apparently the story has it that, they came out on the field. Offense was in white. I think the defense was in orange. 
Spider came out the other way, like <laughs> looking like <laughs> Don Matthews was the coach. I think it was Matthews, like first that or second. That doesn't surprise me and at all. It didn't last too long for Spider and BC after well, that. So I just I thought of that. Hey, he, um, yeah, he wasn't the player that he could have been when he tore his knee up um, right before he got after he got drafted before he went to the Chiefs. Um, just was never the same athlete. But uh, what a great athlete he was when I played with yeah. him in college. This guy would come out for spring practice, practice in the morning, and then go and, and run on like a 13-3 in the high hurdles in the track meet later on that afternoon. Wow. He, he was just a tremendous athlete. Athletes like that, I can't even like fathom to have that type of athleticism. Yeah. Warren Moon for a couple more minutes. Warren, uh, the game itself, these two quarterbacks, you're a connoisseur, savant of the position. Um, what really impresses you about, let's start, say, with Joe Burrow? Just his poise, his toughness, um, his character. Um, he has this calmness about him that, that, that kind of reeks over into his whole football team that we're never out of a game. And you've seen that throughout the playoffs, and you've seen that at other times throughout the season, that this team never goes away. They just, they just stay around, hang around, make plays, and next thing you know, they're in a position to win. So they have a confidence level right now that's so high that they don't care how far they get behind in a game. They feel like they can win the game. And that's a, that's a great uh, attribute to have at this particular stage of the season because right now everybody's banged up, everybody's talented, but who has the mental edge? Who's the mentally tougher team right now? And I think right now Cincinnati is probably a little bit mentally tougher just because of what they've gone through to get to this stage. But the Rams are a really good football team, too, and, and uh, they have a really good quarterback in Matthew Stafford, and he's playing very, very well in the playoffs. He's only turned the ball over one time and uh, playing with a lot of confidence. So this is going to be a very, very good football game. I, I, it's hard to pick a winner, but I'm going to pick the Rams close only because I think they're playing at home, so they'll be a little more comfortable. And I think that uh, they have a little bit more experience on their football team of guys who have been in the big game before. Yeah, and, you know, that probably holds a lot of weight in these type of situations. But, man, everybody keeps writing the Bengals off yeah, thinking they're they going to lose. But here's the thing about Burrow that just blows me away. Here's the guy who gets sacked nine times yeah. in a game. I know you never got sacked nine times because you're too quick to get sacked nine times in your day. But but you know what? Nine times, and he still led a team to a victory because he still had that poise. Because they turned it over three times, Tennessee. Yeah, it's a good point, and too. And I think the nine sacks, no matter how many times you get sacked, you're not giving the ball to the other team where Tannehill gave the ball to the other team three times and they capitalized on it. So yeah. sacks are devastating, but they're not the kill-all, kill-all because you still have possession of the football. The turnovers are what's going to kill you in big games. Warren, outstanding contribution as usual. We appreciate you staying overtime here. Um, and as a result... You will receive a special gift package from In Inniskill and Ice Wine. <laughs> really? <laughs> My hey, favorite. You, you know what? We're going to ship it down to you. You got a couple of cigars out of it, and plus you're going to get some ice wine. No, got, I love it. Hey, this you've is had a the, great day. This is the best. This is the best parting gift I've gotten anywhere else. I've been hey, today. you know what? You've had the best haul of anyone here today, so it's all good. Warren, thanks I for doing appreciate this. Appreciate it, Mo. Thank you. All right, now, got to tell you. If you're looking for a place to watch the big game on Sunday, we have you covered around the lower mainland. In Richmond, the spot to be is the Pioneers Pub, our home all season long for road Seahawks pre- and post-game shows. Ronnie Patterson and the crew down there taking good care of you. Pioneers Pub, the coldest, freshest, cheapest beer in town, food specials, and football prizes all day long. If you're in Delta, Ladner will check out the Landing Pub and Grill in the heart of Ladner. You'll see the big autograph, Kurt Appleby, glossy on the wall there, with the best selection of cold craft beer, big game prizing all day 
whole day. Now, if you need to stock up for the big game, you're staying at home, well, check out the Rivers Reach Liquor Store on 6th Street in my hometown of New Westminster, right there, 6th and Blackford. And, of course, they have the Newport Liquor Store right there in Port Moody, does George Petropavlis and his crew, and the Johnston Street Liquor Store in Coquitlam. And the last thing I'm going to throw in here, if you need some pizza, well, Mike Whittingham, he's stocked up on these guys, and he just swears by them. Bucky's Pizza in South Surrey. Be sure to order the best pizza in town, of course. Bucky's Pizza. Check them out at Bucky'sPizzeria.com. So, after we got all that out of the way, again, big show, episode three, just to kick things off. How, like we said, we said, Josh Palmer of the Chargers, three-time Super Bowl champion, LeGarrette Blunt, and Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers. From the latest community news to informative, entertaining reads for travelers and the cannabis curious. Just visit your local Black Press Media community newspaper website to sign up today. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines. And, of course, it is Super Bowl 56 featuring the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, every year we come down here, there are people from all walks of life, athletes, coaches, analysts, actors, comedians, are next to fall into that category. It's Tony Award-winning actor Joe Montagna. Actor, playwright, producer Ronnie Marmo. They are here promoting I'm Not a Comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Joe and I actually have met before. He's not going to remember this. I might. Yeah, he's pretty good. Give me a hint. No, no. Vancouver? Yeah, go ahead. I I remember Vancouver. Blue Water Cafe. I want to say maybe about 95, 2000, somewhere there. Sounds right. You were there. He's kind of hanging around at the Blue Water Cafe. I said, hey, man, this guy's done The Godfather. He's done all these big right. films, right? Mm-hmm. I go, I love Comrades of Summer, right? Yeah. The, the, the one there with, you go. You know, the Mariner's Absolutely. manager, and you went over to Russia, Absolutely. the Soviet Union. Right, right. And I was just howling. And you know the crazy thing? I was doing a little due diligence on this interview. I never knew that film was actually made in Vancouver, or part of it was. That's right. We shot all the baseball Matt sequences. Matt Bailey. Yeah, we shot it. Because it, 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 it reminded me of Wrigley Field a little bit, too, i got to say. That Old park. school. Yeah. Old school. And, uh, yeah, we shot all the baseball uh, stuff there. Then we went to Moscow, where we shot the stuff that's supposed to be in Russia. Uh, but it was great. I love Vancouver. I've, I've, I've done a few movies up there. And uh, some I got... Yeah, just great memories there. I would rent houses and in the summertime I'd rent bicycles and ride around Stanley Park and that little that little uh, the little house they have there, a little tea Tea house house there and there, and and stuff like that. And I remember my daughter loved Lush. (laughs) I think the original Lush was there, and she was she still talks about that. But uh, yeah, great great memories of that of that city. Ronnie, you been to Vancouver? You know, it's crazy. I have not. I can't believe it. I was just sitting here thinking. I did a film in Toronto and St. John up there. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Vancouver, and I want to. I really do want. A lot of my actor friends, they kind of have dual citizenship. They go to Vancouver and Los Angeles, and they go back and forth. Yeah, so. that's great. Well, guys, let's talk about this. Uh, I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. Talk a little bit about the genesis of it, how it all got started, and start with you, Ronnie. Yeah, you know, uh, about 17 years ago, I did a play, a one-man show. I played Lenny, and that's that was really my introduction to Lenny. I knew who he was, but I'm a bit too young uh, for Lenny. So I uh, I kind of fell in love with the guy. I did this play for six months. It, it went really well. Put it down for five years, did other things, came back to it, ran again. And then at some point, I realized, you know, Lenny was much... There was just so much more going on than this play had to offer. So I set off to write my own because I wanted to give... The full experience of Lenny Bruce. And so I I fell in love with this guy. I found as an actor, I found something that I'm passionate 
of you know performing and also a story that is worth telling and and then i realized how important he is right now in our society and the way things are going and so i i brought it to joe after i had written you know a good deal of it and i i, I give it a read for him and and asked if he would do it you know, that's kind of how it went and joe just your thoughts when you got approached by Ronnie. Well, Ronnie and I had a, a little history at that point. He had done a little movie that I had done a little part in, and then wor- I worked with his theater company as a director for a little bit. And uh, he told me he had this idea, and I said, well, let's see what you got. And basically, you know, I, 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 I always often say the statement, if it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage. And in this instance, it was on the page. I just thought he had done a remarkable job of creating this this material. Now all I felt it needed was, okay, let's just... I hopefully came in with some ideas that you know that in terms of staging and moving some of the material around and just making a through line give us a story of this guy's life from from in a way birth to death yeah. in a 90 minute show with no intermission and I think hopefully we've accomplished it and I think the fact that he's done over 300 performances and we've done it all across the country already New York Chicago LA uh, and now going on tour as well um, I think we've we've had pretty good success with it you know it's interesting because I was just thinking you're a Chicago guy, Ronnie. Apologies, I don't know where you're from, but I know Joe's a Chicago guy. Yeah. We'll get into that in a bit. And the whole Netflix series with Michael Jordan really opened the eyes to a younger generation about Jordan and his greatness. And I kind of see a parallel with this in the sense that there's a young generation out there that doesn't know about Lenny Bruce that's going to get educated I rather agree. quickly. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what's been happening, actually. Is uh, I can't tell you how many young people... The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel offers a Lenny Bruce character on that Prime uh, Amazon show. And so people are like, who's Lenny Bruce? This guy really existed? Mm-hmm. And so now they come to the show and really give them an education and hopefully open their minds a bit more than, you know, right now I don't think our society is known for open-mindedness, to say the least. So I, I hope to play a small part in chipping away at that and, you know, have a conversation. Well, having done two decades of radio... And from when I started until where we finished in terms of the tap dancing that you have to do sometimes and or just saying things that you might have said 20 years ago that now you're kind of like, oh, okay, maybe we're going to steer clear of that. But, I mean, you talk to comedians, and it's the same thing, right? I mean, before what you could do is just make fun of people and just do it in a lighthearted manner. Now people look at, you know, being politically incorrect or being offensive, and it's just I would, I would not want to be a comedian today. That's true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I I, I commented on. It. I says I'm, I'm worried that they're gonna, you know, they're they're gonna change the name of the Chicago Cubs because we're gonna offend the bear population or something. <laughs> it's like, come on, let's get let's get smart about you know what's important in life and what's you know let's let's get some you know I, I'm starting to think that we're we're losing intelligence as opposed to evolving to being a smarter species. I don't know. So I've found out that you're a big Cubs fan. We'll get into that. Big Chicago mm-hmm. fan, Ronnie. What I'm about New York, New Jersey. I, I I'm a huge Yankee fan, but I'm also a huge Steelers fan. That happened to me in the 70s. Oh, wow. And so I'm a big Steeler fan as well. So you go, you're that Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Frank O'Hara. Yeah, I was a little boy. Those guys were Jack Lambert. Yeah, I had a Rocky Blyer jersey at six, you know. Blyer might be, he usually shows up at Radio Rose. Oh, that would be, I would fall apart. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. So So how much heat did you take growing up in New York being a Steeler fan? You know, I always rooted for the Giants. I mean, I, I always want them to win. I love the Phil Sims years and Bavaro and those guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, you know, they, they, you'd be shocked. There's Steeler fans everywhere. I mean, you know. Oh, they travel well. Yeah, they do. It's really great. I mean, you know, Giants and Jets were like all the kids in my neighborhood. So, like, we always said Jet fans are Giant fans who can't get tickets. You know, that's when you became a Jet fan. You want to go see a game. 
But uh, th- that's how that was growing up in And, Joe, you're a Chicago guy, so imagine you're the Cubs. I'm talking Fergie Jenkins, Billy Williams, Ron oh, yeah. Santo, oh, yeah. Glenn Beckert. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Ernie Banks, he was, he's, he's my hero. I mean, and, and all, of course, Santo, he, Italian third baseman for the Cubs. How good is that? Plus, he made pizza, you know. So, <laughs> so, so that was all good. But, yeah, I, uh, I actually even conceived the play Bleacher Bums, which was a show about the, the fans who sit in the bleachers, and it's mm-hmm. actually had a fairly good run over the years. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, sports, is, it's, it's been a big part of my life, and that's, uh, that's why it's kind of fun to be here, you know, with, with this whole, you know, living in L.A. and now seeing at least the, the home, what's now my hometown team playing in the, in the Super Bowl, which is nice. And I imagine you're a Bears fan as well. Oh, huge Bears yeah. fan. Yeah, 85 was a good, was a very, very good year for me <laughs> with the Bears. I'm hoping, I, uh, but being a Cubs fan, I mean, I'm used to waiting 108 years for a championship, so at least the Cubs, the Bears came through a little sooner. You guys got any picks for the game on Sunday, Ronnie? You know, as a Steeler fan, I don't want the Bengals to win. It's in our division. Mm-hmm. But they haven't really been a threat for the last three decades. So I'm going to root for the Rams just because um, I live here for 22 years and I'm happy for this city. But it's hard not to be excited about the Bengals. They're pretty They're pretty fun. You know, it's a... Uh, it's yeah, exciting. I hope it's a good game. That's the main thing. But I, I'm, I'm going to root for the Rams. I like this, this especially this Cooper Cup. He's, he's the kind oh. of guy I would have followed when I was like 10 years old saying, mm-hmm. oh, man, I want to be him, you know. Yeah. Guys, great stuff. Thanks for stopping by. Of course, you can search hashtag I am Lenny Bruce on Facebook and Instagram for more information. I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. Again, thank you to actor, playwright, producer Ronnie Marmo. And Tony Award-winning actor Joe Montagna for stopping by. General, or stopping by, gentlemen. Thanks so much for doing. Thank this. you for Thank having you. us. Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Tony Award-winning actor Joe Montagna, and of course, uh, actor, playwright, producer Ronnie Marmo stopping by, talking about their project. I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. All right, we continue with our coverage, and episode five is next. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. The biggest game in football is this Sunday. And the two best places to catch the action are Pioneer's Pub and Ladner Landing. The crew at Pioneer's Pub in Richmond are ready to welcome you with the coldest, freshest, cheapest beer in town. Plus, food features and football pricing all day long. Meanwhile, at Ladner Landing, you'll be greeted by the best selection of cold craft beer and plenty of big game pricing and activities. Football Sunday. Catch the game at Pioneer's Pub at number 3 in Williams in Richmond or the Landing Pub and Liquor Store in Ladner. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. 